You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. A shocking scene in East Vancouver. Neighbors rushing to help a woman who was clearly in distress. Flames had engulfed her home. She escaped, but it wasn't long before she tried to run back inside. Romina Dea explains why. Residents fast asleep Tuesday night when they woke to explosions and saw the flames. Windows were popping like it was an inferno. From his window, neighbor Matthew Harish could hear a woman screaming. So I ran down and I yelled, the girl's on fire, the girl's on fire. And me and one other guy ran across the house. She was going back in the house. We pulled her out of the house. She tried to go back in for her dog. Desperate to rescue her dog from the flames, the woman ran back inside the house twice. But Moon, a one and a half year old Husky Cross, didn't make it. Dogs are family, yeah. She was my family. She was our family. Um, you know, a, a best friend, a child. Like, she was, she was a lot to us. Firefighters went to war with the flames, quickly getting the blaze under control before it could spread to neighboring homes. You can see the radiant heat, melted parts of the shed, melted parts off adjacent houses. Um, again, incredible that it, we, we, we were able to keep it confined to the structure of origin. The cause of the fire is still under investigation, but one of the renters suspects an old baseboard heater. She was just in the front of the house there. Harish downplaying the fact he ran into a burning home to help a stranger. Somebody'd say you're a hero for going into a burning building. Well, when I saw I heard the girl screaming, there was no other option really. It's there's somebody screaming, right? You need to help them. Romina Dea, Global News. And fire investigators are on the scene at this hour of a house fire in Abbotsford. It broke out just after four this afternoon at a home on Blue Jay Street. One person was rescued from the home. No word on their condition. It's believed the fire may have started in the kitchen. Crews say the home sustained extensive damage. New photos are being released of two suspects in an arson that destroyed a popular sports store in Surrey. RCMP are hoping the public can help identify these two people. The suspects include a man dressed in all red and carrying a black backpack and a woman wearing dark clothing. Police believe the pair is responsible for a fire that destroyed the hockey shop Source for Sports, located in the Surrey City Centre area. Well, I can't reveal the exact details of what they were doing when these pictures were taken, but our investigators are fairly confident that these two people may be responsible for the fire that occurred that day. Thankfully, no one was injured. Anyone with information is asked to call Surrey RCMP. A difficult day for the family of a cyclist who was struck and killed in Richmond last year. They showed up in court, even though they knew the man accused of running down their loved one probably wouldn't attend. Grace Key has more on how the family is coping with such an unimaginable loss. Five-month-old Amori will grow up never knowing her father. I just wish she could have met her. I just wish she could have had him in her life. The family of 33-year-old Brad Dean was at Richmond Provincial Court for the first appearance of Michael Wing Sing Fan. He's been charged with driving a motor vehicle without due care and attention under the Motor Vehicle Act. The family has spoken out since learning no criminal charges would be laid. It's overworked. 
I, I, I do believe that the system is overwhelmed, and I believe that they are looking for the easiest conviction. Dean was killed and two others seriously hurt in Richmond back in November 2016. Fan was traveling in the opposite direction when it's alleged he struck the group head on. Only his lawyer was present in court. The Dean family plans to attend all the proceedings. Brad would have wanted our society to look closely at the issues and he would have wanted us to raise our consciousness. And so that's why we're here, to be his voice. Brad never had the joy of knowing he was going to be a father. He was killed before they learned of the pregnancy. I found out two days after he died. He loved his family, his friends, and he would have loved his newborn daughter. He never had a chance to meet her, but we know that he's with us. Fan's next court appearance will be on January 23rd, and no matter how painful, the Dean family will be there to be Brad's voice. Grace Key, Global News. And New Westminster police are looking for witnesses to a hit and run that left an 11-year-old with injuries. It happened last Thursday afternoon at the intersection of 12th Street and 7th Avenue. The girl, who was in a crosswalk at the time, suffered non-life-threatening injuries. The driver of the vehicle didn't stay at the scene but might have damage to the passenger side mirror of their vehicle. According to police, it was very foggy at the time. If you saw anything, you are asked to call New Westminster police. West Vancouver police are releasing some new images of vehicles of interest after a home in the British properties was hit by several bullets. Take a look. Two pickup trucks were in the area around the time it happened back in October. Police received reports of shots fired at a home in the 2600 block of Finch Hill at about 3.30 in the morning. No one was injured despite several people having been at the home earlier for a house party. No suspects have been identified so far. Anyone with information about the vehicles or the investigation is asked to contact West Vancouver Police. Hillary Clinton brought her What Happened tour to Vancouver today, speaking to a sold-out crowd about her shocking election loss to Donald Trump. Her visit also comes the day after that stunning win by the Democrats in Alabama. Nadia Stewart has more on what she had to say about the controversy and the path forward. And it is, I hope, the turning of the tide away from uh, reality TV campaigns. In front of a packed house in Vancouver, Hillary Clinton wastes no time weighing in on Tuesday night's stunning Senate election upset by the Democrats in Alabama. This was a very important turning point in basically holding President Trump and his uh, most uh, vitriolic destructive advisors led by Steve Bannon accountable. It was a stinging defeat. With 99% of the votes counted, Democrat Doug Jones won by a slim margin over Republican Roy Moore. His campaign plagued by scandal. But on his radio show Wednesday, Steve Bannon said the Democrats' ground game was key to their big win. If you get outworked, you're going to lose. And I got to tell you, their, their ability to get out votes, that's what it comes down to. But Clinton has another theory. The combination of uh, Roy Moore, Steve Bannon, and Donald Trump uh, proved to be too much for a lot of Alabama Republicans to stomach. She also shared her concerns about Donald Trump and how he stacks up against past presidents. He's just not 
focused on the job. He's focused on himself, his political survival, the people who support him. And it's those people, Clinton says, they'll have to appeal to. So people seem to be uh, turning against uh, the sort of the Trump uh, philosophy and ideology. Uh, but we've got to make sure that we win elections in 2018. Nadia Stewart, Global News. Well, here's something to chew on. According to a new study, your food bill is expected to rise next year. Aaron MacArthur explains what to watch out for in the grocery store and how our appetite for convenience is affecting our budgets. Who doesn't love a delicious grilled cheese sandwich? You guys going to have some lunch? At Mom's Grilled Cheese Food Truck, business is brisk, even if there's pressure to raise the prices. Yeah, um, I haven't raised them for a couple of years, and I'm going to have to do it. I've, I've been thinking about it uh, recently, actually, because um, it's just you can't keep up. You can't make a profit. A report released today suggests that price pressure is affecting all of us. Groceries mostly on par with inflation, but it is a different story with vegetables. A La Nina winter in California could mean 4 to 6 percent more for greens. So that could actually drive prices higher uh, in that vegetable section, but also if the currency goes down, uh, we're pretty vulnerable. The average Canadian family of four spends just about $12,000 a year on food. That's $348 more than last year. The report says just about two-thirds of that, or $208, is spent at restaurants and on convenience food. You're looking for convenience, you're looking to save some time. You may actually end up being paying way more for your food. Considering the boom in food delivery service, that eating out is starting to add up. People are feeling the pinch. I try to cook at home mostly, yeah. I have to start brown bagging it soon. <laughs> While restaurant visits are eating away at grocery sales, grocery stores are trying to win customers back with online shopping and convenience pricing. It is a fight for a bigger piece of everyone's shrinking budget. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. All right, just a few days left until Christmas, but there is still time if you've got some shopping to do. In fact, if you missed the Black Friday or Cyber Monday deals, the next few days might be even better, deciding, or pardon me, depending on what you buy. Miguel Almaguer reports. If you missed the Black Friday stampede, the best holiday deals of the year may still be on the shelf. Teresa Gilmore has 12 days left to shop for seven people, but industry insiders say knowing what to buy when could save you big. In the lead up to Christmas, you will see some retailers with special offers and promotions that they have been saving for the last minute shopper. Today's the day to get plugged in on a new laptop. Tomorrow, go to work on tools and hardware. They're typically on sale. Target the 15th for video games. Jewelry will be on sale the rest of the month. I tried to take advantage of it, you know, and I covered all my list, so I did good. Apparel, shoes, or kitchen appliances on your list? Shop the 15th. The smart play for toys, the 16th. The sooner you buy, the better. Shippers are stretched to the limit. Many retailers urging shoppers to buy online and pick up in the store as late deliveries typically double over the holidays. If you're mailing what you bought, you'll have until tomorrow to send it by ground shipping in time for Christmas. Otherwise, the money you saved will be spent on priority postage. Miguel Almaguer, NBC News, Los Angeles. We are back with the whole crew here at the... <laughs> 
In heels, too, hey? How our, about that? Our Global News Morning team with some help from some infiltrators on hand this morning for the annual Pan Pacific Christmas Wish Breakfast. This is the 30th year for the event, which supports the Lower Mainland Christmas Bureau. Hundreds of people donating cash and gifts in exchange for breakfast. The, the turnout, again, has been amazing. I think the, you go outside, you look at the bikes, there's got to be at least 500, if not more, out there. It is a phenomenal season of giving, and that is exactly what we've got. Everybody's giving, and it's incredible. It warms your heart, it really does. Well, the total, 650 bicycles. Santa wasn't that far off. $22,000 in cash and more than 11,000 kilograms of toys. And, of course, our thanks to everyone who participated this year. I hope Paul Hasem has had some tea with ginger and lemon because he was losing his voice this morning. They were doing a great job down there. The long broadcast. It, it sure is. Lots of people brought gift cards. They're more and more popular every year. But gift cards, even though they seem like the perfect choice sometimes, uh, they do include a warning. If you are one of the millions of people planning to give a gift card this Christmas, it is buyer beware. Our Consumer Matters reporter, Andrewa, joins us now with what you need to know. Anne? You always have to read the fine print, don't you, and everything? Thanks, you too. Well, chances are you've either purchased or received a gift card for Christmas or both. E-gift or electronic gift cards and the traditional plastic continue to grow in popularity. This year, several websites are tracking the top picks. Bargain Moose's most popular holiday gift cards include some universal online-based retailers. Amazon gift cards never expire, have no fees, and are redeemable towards millions of online items. Best Buy offers e-gift, physical cards, and business and corporate cards with volume discounts. Cineplex will give you a free gift pack when you buy a $40 gift card, and iTunes offers $100 worth of cards for $92.99 at Costco. But watch for restrictions like in-store or online shopping only. NBC gift cards for a specific dollar amount are not allowed to expire, but if they're for a certain good or service, you'll want to check the expiry date. So the restrictions you're going to want to be aware of are things like expiration dates, um, any kind of use window, if you can only use a card between um, date A and date B, um, things like country restrictions. So if we're in Canada, we want to make sure we're not buying American gift cards that are for use in the United States. And a reminder about prepaid credit cards or gift cards. Maintenance fees cannot be charged in Canada until at least one year after the card is activated. Prepaid credit cards are not allowed to expire, and all fees associated with them must be clearly explained on the packaging. And make sure you know if you're purchasing, purchasing rather an e-gift card, which is delivered via email and refers to a gift code or a physical gift card. Shipping fees can apply to the latter, and it may be cheaper to go directly to the retailer. And if you have an issue for me, you can reach me. There's my email address at consumermatters at globalnews.ca. Thank you very much, Ann. All right, uh, we're all looking for ways to celebrate the uh, spirit of the season, but something is missing from the Comox Valley this Christmas. Drivers of festively decorated trucks have been told to turn out the lights. Itu Garja tells us why and how it's affecting the holiday spirit of those who need a little extra cheer at this time of year. Not everyone can make it out to the parade, so truck drivers in the Comox Valley decided to bring the parade to them. Seeing that they yeah, can just they do. 
to bust to be the here. excitement and the thrill. Seniors' homes and sick children in Courtney look forward to these festive trucks driving by every holiday season. It means so much to the people here. Volunteers make it happen to spread smiles and holiday cheer. We've had people blow us kisses. <laughs> Uh, it's pretty sweet. It's, it's special. It really is. They also collect donations for the food bank and a local nonprofit that helps the homeless. But on Friday, RCMP dimmed the light on this annual tradition. There was a police officer parked on the side of the road and he pulled up behind me and pulled me over. Bill Brimacombe and another driver issued warnings. RCMP saying the trucks are in violation of the Motor Vehicle Act. The bright decorations could be a distraction to other drivers and they could interfere with the vehicle's operational lights. This truck and all its 35,000 lights now in its 15th year. I'm sure the police just turned a blind eye. Uh, I think what's happened is distracted driving has become such an issue these days. It's, It's the big thing. If it has to stay shut down, so be it. We had a good run. But the drivers of four other festive trucks that joined in the tradition a few years ago aren't giving up, sparking a social media campaign asking RCMP to let the lights shine on. If they can maybe escort us through or find something to work together to keep it going for the community. For now, I guess we go find a place and we park and we let everybody know where we'll be. While staying hopeful, they'll find a way to continue bringing the show to those who need it most. Heartbroken. Yes, disappointed. We'll just dwell on the happiness it's given us for now. Neetu Garcha, Global News. Fascinating time-lapse video shows that rumbling volcano on Indonesia's tourist island of Bali spewing ash day and night. The Agung volcano is capable of very violent eruptions and has shown an increase in activity over the last few weeks. There are growing fears of a repeat of the eruption in 1963 that killed more than 1,000 people. The tremors are still rumbling through Washington, D.C. after last night's shocker in Alabama. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, you took the right road. The upset victory for Doug Jones over controversial Republican Roy Moore is the first Democratic Senate win in Alabama in 25 years. The Republican law seen as a clear defeat for Donald Trump, who supported and campaigned for Roy Moore. And it's also a source of both concern and even relief for Republicans in Washington. After a stunning rebuke, tonight, President Trump trying to downplay the impact of Roy Moore's loss, the candidate he supported. How could that loss affect your agenda? I don't think it's going to affect it. Still, it's a huge embarrassment for the president. After backing Moore's opponent in the Republican primary, Mr. Trump supported Moore in the general election, in part after his former chief strategist, Steve Bannon, convinced him to do so. Get out and vote for Roy Moore. Alabama exit polls show voters are divided in their support of President Trump after he overwhelmingly won the state just a year ago. So is the president becoming a liability? Not only is Donald Trump weakened by losing a seat in the United States Senate, but he put his prestige on the line for a candidate who turned out to be absolutely toxic. Deepening GOP concerns, the rift in the Republican Party is growing, with Bannon saying Moore's loss has energized his war against the establishment. There's no magic wand. You're going to have to outwork people. If you get outworked, you're going to lose. Even as many Republicans are stepping up their calls for Bannon to abandon his anti-establishment battle.
He campaigns in front of an American flag. He goes out of his way. He looks like some disheveled drunk that wants in off the street. On Capitol Hill, a mix of relief that more won't be coming to Washington. I couldn't be more happy. Alabamas didn't want to somebody who dated 14-year-old girls. And worry, the GOP loss in Alabama could be a sign of things to come in the 2018 midterm elections. We can do better. Republicans can. Actress Selma Hayek is breaking her silence about Harvey Weinstein. In a New York Times op-ed, Hayek calls Weinstein my monster, claiming unwanted sexual advances and threats of violence, including details of sexual harassment and abusive behavior on the set of Frida. She joins numerous other women in Hollywood who've accused Weinstein of similar behavior. Well, Bill Morneau says he would have done things differently, looking back on the controversy over his personal finances. The federal finance minister faced intense scrutiny for weeks when it was revealed that he still held shares in his family's business. Morneau sat down for a one-on-one -on -one interview with me and reflected on the pressure that he's faced over the past few months. Once people said there's a perception of an issue... I decided I needed to sell all my shares in previous companies, and that's what enables me to do the work. So, of course, had I known back then what I know now, I would have done that earlier. But, of course, I didn't. Well, Morneau also says he would be open to looking at whether conflict of interest laws should change and perhaps go further. You can see the full interview on our website, including his thoughts on housing affordability in B.C., the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion, and tax changes for small business. An iconic Canadian actor is jumping into the debate over fish conservation in B.C. William Shatner has sent a letter to the federal fisheries minister calling on him to take action to save the declining steelhead population in the Thompson River watershed. Shatner blames gill nets and other non-selective fishing methods for preventing steelhead from getting to their spawning grounds. And there is more new information tonight fueling the controversy over whether B.C.'s fish farms are endangering our wild salmon stock. New research has found evidence that large numbers of wild salmon are being infected with a virus coming from the farms. Still up for debate, though, is the virus harmful? Linda Aylesworth reports. Are Atlantic salmon, raised in open net pens along the B.C. coast, infected with the Piscine Rio virus, or PRV? A few years ago, biologist Alexandra Morton decided to find out. Since farms weren't keen on her sampling their live fish, she had to get creative. So, yeah, I went, went shopping, bought 262 farm salmon from the markets in Vancouver and Victoria and all over British Columbia. Her findings? 95% of farmed Atlantic salmon in supermarkets are infected with this blood virus, Piscine virus. It was part of a study recently published in a peer-reviewed journal to determine if farmed salmon pass the virus onto wild salmon that migrate past their open net pens. The conclusion? Yes. The rate of infection? Upwards of 40% or so in the heavily infected areas. Then in the areas that were more remote from the fish farms, dropped down to around 5%. The Salmon Farmers Association response? It's important to know that uh, the Piscine Rio virus, or PRV, is uh, quite common in salmon, both the wild and farmed. That is true. Yeah, we've, we can certainly corroborate that, but it is much more common in places near where there are high concentrations of fish farms. And the virus found in wild salmon that do pass by Norwegian-owned farms is different than the one occasionally found in those that don't. The virus we're finding, the one that is so prevalent, 
has strong linkages to Norway. While the Salmon Farmers Association says PRV does not cause illness, federal fisheries research finds that it can infect red blood cells, weakening the fish, which could explain another of the report's disturbing findings. The fish in the lower Fraser are so much more infected than the ones in the upper Fraser, which suggests that infected fish are having a, a, a tremendous difficulty getting up the river. That means they're not spawning. With all these upper Fraser sockeye populations now declared at risk of extinction, we just have to take this problem seriously. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. Doctors in the UK have performed a medical miracle of sorts, saving the life of a baby born with her heart outside her chest. They've done. It's uh, beyond a miracle, isn't it? Vanellope Hope Wilkins was born without a breastbone, but in a medical first for the UK, doctors were able to successfully put her heart back inside and use her skin to cover the hole in her chest. Now, Vanellope isn't out of the woods yet, but doctors feel they can use advanced technology to improve her chances. There may be strategies whereby we can put some internal bony uh, protection in, whether that's with 3D, 3D printing, either of, a, of a something plastic or maybe even something organic that might grow with her. Vanellope's survival is considered especially remarkable because 90% of infants born with her condition are either stillborn or die within the first three days of life. That's a beautiful shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the fog can be a drag, but it can also be very, very beautiful. Definitely. Do you remember back in the olden days when you'd look at someone funny if they said Google? The search <laughs> engine giant is out with its list of top trending searches in Canada over the past year. We're trying to think back. What year was that? Yeah. Around 2000-ish? 2000 is when I remember Something hearing like about that. it. Well, now we can't live without it. Natural disasters, royal romance, and a tragic rock star, the hottest topics. The top overall search terms for this year included Hurricane Irma, Meghan Markle, and the late Gord Downey from the Tragically Hip. Canadians were also fascinated by entertainment giants toppled by allegations of sexual misconduct. Harvey Weinstein, Matt Lauer, Kevin Spacey, they were the most Googled names in the people category this year. Well, the force appears to be strong within the British royal family, but do two princes actually appear in the new Star Wars movie? Princes William and Harry were greeted by the droid BB-8 on the red carpet at last night's European premiere of The Last Jedi. The princes visited the film set back in April, and star John Boyega is quoted as saying they shot a scene as stormtroopers, but no one is confirming that, or if the scene actually made it into the final cut. A secret. <laughs> Will we yeah. ever know? I mean, how would you know? Yeah, you wouldn't. And how would well, it not make it? I mean, you know. It's, it's something only... The key only to be the stormtrooper is to be yeah. a terrible shot. You also have, it's the <laughs> yeah. height. Remember Princess Leia yeah, called right. Luke for being too short. That's right. That's yeah. true. That's but the stormtroopers are the worst Nerdy. shots in the galaxy. Yeah. Like, they can't hit anything. Because <laughs> of the map. Uh, they can't see anything. Well, and the franchise would die a very quick well, death if they true. could. That's true. <laughs> I want to know oh. why Brock Besser can score as well as he has been scoring. I will tell you. In fact, I won't tell you. I'll get Travis Green to tell you. But I have something else Travis Green wants to tell you ah. first. Okay. So two weeks ago, when the uh, Canucks beat the Nashville Predators, Nikolai Goldobin, Goldie, helped set up a goal by Brock Besser. Tonight against the Preds, 
Goldobin will get to play again. And Anders Nilsson, who played in that previous Nashville game, is also in goal tonight. Unfortunately, of course, Bo Horvat is not. But during these painful times, Travis Green does not believe that the injuries mean that the rest of the Canuck players have to try to be heroes. And that includes the goalies. not looking for a goalie to steal a game. I'm not looking for Jake Vertanen to get four goals so we can win tonight. That's, you know, you have to be realistic with what you have. And I don't want players trying to do things that are outside their means or that they're not capable of doing. And you just don't replace a, you know, a bull Horvat. It just doesn't happen. But other guys can play some really good hockey. And we showed that in Calgary. I thought we played a really good game that we quite easily could have won. And I really like the way we played five on five against Winnipeg. And we're going to have to have another good effort tonight. Okay, you saw two Besser goals there. And that's the one thing that has not stopped during the absence of Bo Horvat is the goal scoring of Brock Besser. He has three goals in three straight games, 16 on the year. That's first among rookies, six overall in the NHL. And the one thing about him, he's not doing an Ovechkin impression and standing in the face-off circle waiting for a pass. His scoring zone is bigger than that, and that is the key to his success. The way he has scored is, is, is a positive. It hasn't been all in one area of the rink. It's been different areas. I like that he's gone to the net and found a way to get a couple greasy goals, too. You've got to be willing to score in different areas of the rink and hard areas. And, and, you know, we've preached with Brock about his details and stuff like that. If you want to win long term, those are the things that really matter. All right. Here is a quirky stat. If you eliminate the 1990-91 season when the Canucks had three different players sharing the job of captain, one being blue liner Doug Lidster, Vancouver has really only ever had one defenseman as its captain, which ties that position with goaltender. Remember when Roberto Luongo was the captain for a couple of years? Well, that one defenseman to wear the C for the Canucks exclusively was Kevin McCarthy. He looked a bit different when he played. But after playing, he became one of the NHL's best assistant coaches. When you think of long-tenured coaches in the National Hockey League, the name Kevin McCarthy likely doesn't spring to mind. This is McCarthy's 19th consecutive season. He's worked as an assistant or an associate coach in 1,500 NHL games, but never as his own bench boss. Well, I think it was one of those things where, you know, the opportunities might have been there at some point. You know, um, I always felt that uh, I had five years as a head coach in the minors, so I, I got the experience in that. But, uh, you know, I always felt that if, if some team ever, you know, if they thought that I was the right guy, that they would come and approach me. I wasn't one of those guys that ever wanted to uh, go out and, and look for a job every year. And, and then the organization you're with is going to say, well, does he have any loyalty to us? So I mean, he's an unbelievable coach. You can go on for hours and talk about him as coach. Um, what he's able to bring to me as a head coach or to a coaching staff or to the players. And I think that he coaches. Longtime Canuck fans will remember Kevin McCarthy, the player, as a steady, solid blue liner who operated at a high level at both ends of the ice. It was here in Vancouver where he put up his best numbers as a player. A career highlight should have been the magical 82 Stanley Cup playoff run, except Kevin missed all of it. Tough situation for myself. I was the captain of the Canucks that year, and, and um, you know it was an option, an optional practice that uh, that I was out in. Um, and Kurt Fraser and myself we collided in the corner, and it kind of fell back on top of me, and it was kind of an awkward situation. And I broke my ankle, and 
and I didn't play at all in the final, and we went all the way to the finals that year. So, McCarthy's more than made up for it on the coaching side of things. Kevin's been to four Stanley Cup finals, twice with Carolina winning the cup in 2006, then another cup appearance in 2010 with the Flyers, and again last year with the Nashville Predators. Kevin's time in Vancouver may seem like a lifetime ago, but it was the influence of Harry Neal and the late Roger Nielsen who helped shape his coaching style and eventually sent him down this never-ending coaching path. Never thought when I first started to play this game that I'd be in this position, obviously, as a coach, but uh, you know, uh, playing was, uh, was always uh, the best part of the game for me, and then uh, now that I'm in coaching, it's uh, probably the closest thing to being a player, so I've been very fortunate in my career to be able to stay in hockey as long as I have. See that? That's the statue you saw there. Live motion statue. Uh, Russia's hockey league, the KHL, still doesn't know if it'll allow its players to go to the Olympics. And we have said this before, if they don't let any players go from their league, a lot of the players Canada is hoping to use at the Olympics won't be able to go either because they're under contract to KHL teams. Now there was a statement on the KHL website earlier today saying they will let their guys go, but then they retracted that statement and said it's not correct, so it's still an unknown. Well, I'm not sure who is happier, Packer fans or those with Aaron Rodgers on their fantasy teams. But he will quarterback Green Bay Sunday against Carolina, two months after breaking his clavicle. He came back from a bad break four years ago before the season was done, so he has done this before. The strength and the flexibility came back the quickest. Uh, it was just waiting on the bone to be ready to play. I wouldn't be playing if I didn't feel confident playing the way that I played my entire career. So uh, that game helped. Uh, back in 2013, knowing what I can do and absorb. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not worth it unless you're going to go out there and play confidently. Oh. This is your snow report for today, Wednesday, December the 13th. At Whistler Blackcomb, we have 136 centimeters of snow on the ground. Grouse has 170. 180 at Cypress and Sasquatch is opening up this Friday. Revelstoke has 111 centimeters of snow on the ground. Powder King has 167. At Big White, expect 105 centimeters of snow on the ground. 98 at Silver Star. Sun Peaks has 80 and 74 at Apex. Coming up on ET Canada, the SAG Awards make history and the women tell all on The Bachelor Canada. Plus, downsizing star Matt Damon sizes up his pal George Clooney and his rival Jimmy Kimmel. That's coming up at 7 right after the news hour. Back to you, Chris and Sophie. All right. Thanks very much, Paul. Well, it's going to be a much brighter holiday season for the two Maple Ridge seniors we've told you about who lost their home in an alleged rent-to-own scam. As Jeff Hastings reports tonight, they received a Christmas gift today from people who had a very personal reason to get involved. Someone paid $500 for these men to eat spicy habanero popcorn. Money is for Brenda Gartley and her husband, who lost their house on Thanksgiving. You know, I just thought about what, if it was my parents or my grandparents, you know, how would I want them to be treated and, and how would I want them taken care of? Ugly sweaters, warm hearts, a room full of realtors supporting the couple who found themselves living in a tent in Golden Ears after losing their Maple Ridge home in a rent-to-own agreement. In financial trouble, they had signed over their house to realtor Kevin Bratch and believed they could buy it back in one year. But within months, they were told the deal was dead. They would lose the right to buy back their home. The matter is in court, and the real estate licenses of Kevin Singh Bratch and Bratch Realty Limited have been suspended. 
The employees of Keller Williams Elite Realty in Port Coquitlam have raised $7,145 for the Gartley's legal fees. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Take your time. And thank you is never enough. Put it this way, Christmas might be a little bit brighter this now than what it was a couple, say a month ago. They're amazing. They're amazing. They're, I, I just want to hug her all day long. It's... They're, they're, and they're so gracious and so thankful, and, and we're happy to help. This is another example of how firmly the Gartley's former Rogers Avenue neighbors are behind them. One of them is part of the realtor crowd. Um, I can't thank them enough for everything they've done for, for the Gartleys um, to try and help with you know, the situation that they're in right now. We're going to get those Jeff Hastings. Global News.